0: Hello and welcome to Not Bane Podcast, your weekly rundown of UK politics from a Black millennial view. Every week, join me, Bae and Corey as we look at Parliament and stories from across the diaspora. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Not Bane Pod. This week we're going to be covering Leggate with Angela Rayner in the House of Commons and um, PMQs with Boris Johnson. Secondly, we'll be covering the work from home spat with Jacob Rees-Mogg putting pressure on civil servants to all come back to the office. And thirdly, across the pond, we'll be discussing the Wessex's visit to Antigua and Barbuda. So let's go. So. This week we are talking about this article in the Mail on Sunday written by the Mail's political editor. I want to make sure I get his name right so we can tear his singlet specifically. I believe his name was Glenn Owen. So he wrote that apparently Angela Rayner is attempting to distract Boris Johnson by wearing short skirts and tights because there's no way that she could... Uh, rattle his old Etonian style training of debate. The only reason that she's able to apparently bust his ass in PMQs is because she is um, using her feminine wiles to win the argument. I mean, first of all, this idea that Boris Johnson is this master debater is ridiculous. And one, two, this idea that Angela Rayner could not be a master debater or just can't catch Boris on the back foot by virtue of what? Being Northern, being a school leaver, being a single parent, having a child at 16. what like, What is the reason that these guys think that Angela Rainer could not possibly browbeat Boris Johnson in the House of Commons?
1: Well, yes. Uh, you make a good point there about your opinion of Boris Johnson, that he's not actually a good debater. And it was an opinion shared by a Times columnist. I've forgotten her last name, Libby something. I was listening to the Times Red Box podcast the other day. And she made the point, same point you just made. She said, yeah, he's not a debater. He's a rhetorician. He's a rhetorician. Yeah, that's what he is. Absolutely, but obviously he's got this sort of, like you said, this this image of the old Etonian schoolboy, and that automatically conjures up images of of, of perfection in in speech and debate and accent. Exactly. And,
0: it's all of these people who are t- forelock tuggers who want to say, "Oh yes, sir. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing, my lord?" Like if you want to do that, if you, if Boris Johnson evokes that sort of feeling of subservience and and bowing down and scraping your cap along the floor. That's absolutely fine for you. However, that does not mean that's how the rest of us feel. And it does not mean that we believe he's of superior intelligence to the rest rest of us by virtue of his parents paying 30,000 pounds a year for him to go to school. He did not get in there on merit. He's not where he is on merit. It is due to privilege and access to power and wealth. But let's be honest.
1: And um, Angela Rayner made the point, didn't she, when she, in her responses this week, she's been, you know, she's basically said it's, 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 it's classism. Um, you, you know, it's the fact that she's from the North. They think that there's this image conjured this image sort of projected of her by her opponents, that, that she's this sort of promiscuous person just because she had, you know, a child when she was, I don't know, 17 or 18 or something like that. Um, notwithstanding the fact that the prime minister has six, seven or eight children, by at least three different women how
0: would (laughs) boris johnson be characterized if he was working class and like you had had six seven or eight children
1: because different
0: women who left who left their partner while they were sick shacked up with a co-worker and got them pregnant do you know what i mean so let's all be guided and recognize this work like you said for what it is angela rayner has made an excellent impression at pmqs has very has, has done really good because she's got a bit of fire she's got a bit of energy she's not as boring as um old milk toast she puts a bit of energy into her PMQs. And I think because, because part of the reason that Boris Johnson is also caught off guard is because he does underestimate, underestimate her and doesn't value, doesn't see that she has value, or really doesn't think that she um, there's any way that she could outwit or outsmart or could be seen as more eloquent of than him by virtue of where she comes from, which is very clear in the way that he approaches um, PMQs. For everybody, if we're being honest, he very much approaches in a sort of doesn't really care, is not really bothered, couldn't give a toss. So that is why Boris Johnson is being caught on the back foot. He's like, you said, know, he's a rhetorician. He's very good for the odd sound by talking about our quiver our quiverful of epidemiological arrows, those sorts of nonsense <laughs> things. Anybody can study classics. Anybody can read the classics. Like that, by virtue of the fact that he's done that, that does not make him better than the rest of us. And this, I, this level of subservience to class. It's something that the British public really has to get get over. Like, Take the boot out of your mouth and shine your eyes to see these people for who they really are.
1: And there's also the thing as well that, um, you know, he... he, uh... Sorry, I actually forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Let's leave that in. That doesn't need to go in the outtakes. Sorry, as you were. I, I completely had a blank there sorry
0: it happens to the best of us you know yes
1: and i am you know thank you i mean i wouldn't say, no, no, no i
0: didn't say that you were the best of us i'm just saying well, it i mean happens you implied. To the best of us no no you implied
1: i was anyway. being
0: kind as you were no anywho as i was saying so I, I think also like you said it pointed out it is very much about sexism and i think it's just part of it is actually just a desire to distract because now we're all talking about Sexism in the media and the mail on Sunday, when really we should be applying pressure to the Conservative Party for this policy on Rwanda and for Partygate. Local elections are coming up. That is what we should be doing, applying pressure. You know, the um, the forecasts are already not looking good, but let's apply more pressure. This Rwanda idea is not a good idea. They're planning on setting up asylum camps in a in a foreign country and forcing people to be processed there with no way of return. That is what's important. And we have a Labour Party, which is out here, which is in on no certain terms, willing to even condemn this as an idea. It's just talking about how it's too expensive. And, you know, I believe I read an article today about Yvette Cooper saying that Priti Patel is a weak Home Secretary. If Priti Patel is considered weak as a Home Secretary, what the hell do Labour have in store for us? What is their what is their idea on um, in taking on as, um, asylum seekers in this country? What is their plans for immigration if they see Priti Patel as weak? For me, that is absolutely frightening. And those are the things that we should be focusing on, instead of focusing on the fact that um, Angela Rayner likes to look cute when she goes to work and Boris Johnson doesn't brush his hair. It's not our fault that some one of you lots man is a schlep.
1: Well, uh, that's the, uh, I've, I've remembered what I was going to say. So there is this theory though. Um, that is all
0: affectation.
1: Sort of, no, no, in, in sort of in contradicting what you were saying, it's not so much that he doesn't respect her, which he probably doesn't. He probably does look down. Well, he probably does look down on her, but there is there is a, a theory out there that he actually does respect her as an opponent more than he respects Keir Starmer. And that might be the reason why, because obviously he came out and said, you know, this is terrible. Um, and I think he used the word terror that whoever, whichever MP has said this will feel his terror. And you know, he's come out very, you know, very defensive of Angela Reyna. But there's just the theory also that it was just planned. It's a story that's been planted internally, just to as a dead cat to distract from the things you've mentioned, like Rwanda, um, like, uh, uh like, like, like gate But as I was saying, there's a theory that he actually it's actually because he rates her, um, respects her as an opponent more than Keir Starmer, um, and that's I mean, why what? they're going after her. Um, and you can see you can see why because as a Absolutely. as a you know Keir Starmer might be this this uh, um, famed um, solicitor, but. She's a better performer in terms of um, he's so the, the supremely House of Commons. Droll.
0: He's got, you know, he, a better well, he, performer in terms he's of speech. Got an, he's got an extremely nasal voice. He's, like you said, he's not a good performer. Like you said, he might be, he's, I don't know if he's a, a he's not a, not that even a, a, he's a famed lawyer. He was ahead of the DPP and he was able to get public prosecutions forward. That, in terms of how that means his performance in court is, is just, you know, very much rote behavior it's not somebody who's coming up with creative defense or creative arguments that's a very much not really what the law is like practiced here anyway so he is not mm. an interesting or creative person to watch and you need somebody who's going to um engage the public and make yeah, them feel pumped up to want not, nobody feels pumped up to want to vote for uh, labor currently Labour's mm-hmm. um tagline is well at least it's not the other guy <laughs> That is not inspiring. Angela Rayner, as a person, as a somebody who's gotten to where she is, the, the work that she's done, how she presents herself, how she is in parliament, that is somebody who's inspiring. Keir Starmer with his wrinkly suits and nasal voice and bad face. <laughs> it's not inspiring.
1: But the Prime Minister. I, exactly. With prime, I, I don't think that the Prime Minister. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> you said like,
0: nasally voice, sorry. Yeah. He's just he's frankly, I find him off-putting.
1: You really don't like this man. Every I time don't. I go on Twitter, you're always. As I say, talking about him,
0: as many p- other people say, if there are a 100 haters I'm one for, of Keir Starmer, I'm one of them. If you there really are, are two haters of Keir Starmer, I am one of them. If there's no haters of Keir Starmer, it means I'm dead. And I mean that with the fire of a thousand suns. I do not like that man. I believe he's in disingenuous, he's uninspiring, and I he think he's a liar.
1: Jacob Rees-Mogg, the minute the Honorable Member for the 18th Century, as he has been previously <laughs> called,
0: <laughs> has
1: got himself into a bit of bother. Well, not really bother, because I'm sure he lives for this kind of thing, um, where he's you know in the news and 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 being pilloried for seeming like he is the Honorable Member for the 18th Century. He loves it. So yes, he was in the news re- this week for going around Whitehall, empty Whitehall workspaces, and leaving handwritten notes one of which read, it was addressed to civil servants who weren't at their desks. I look forward to seeing you all in the office very soon. Basically, passive aggressive attempt to uh, cajole civil servants who have been working from home as a result of the pandemic to get back to the mines, sorry, back to the offices. Um, And it has left a bit of a spat in the cabinet because you have Nadine Doris, the Secretary of State for Culture, Digital Culture, Media and Sport, Mm-hmm. Um, who has uh, pushed back? Good. It seems our Nadine is actually in favour of a bit more flexibility in terms of hybrid working. Now, who'd have thought it? Nadine Dorries.
0: Well, she's a progressive of member.
1: Culture and technology. She should be. Nadine Dorries being the the progressive Tory. Um, gosh, this story is interesting because um, <clears throat> I don't really like. But I don't really like either of them, and no. I found myself agreeing with both of them at different points. Of and you did. And even though I, no matter who I agreed with, I felt slightly dirty inside, yes.
0: (laughs) Good, as you should. The Um, correct response is to agree with neither and set your
1: own opinion. Well, no, I agreed with different points they made. So essentially- What did you agree with?
0: First of all, tell me what it is that you agreed with with Jacob's Rees-Mogg. And then secondly, tell me what it is you agreed with with Nadine Dorries, because I want to, I really, really want to hear.
1: Sure. So Jacob Mm Rees-Mogg, his silly- title in government is Corey the
0: Tory makes a rare appearance once again
1: that was do you know what not rising to that anyway (laughs) Jacob Rees-Mogg who has the ridiculous title of uh, Minister for Government Efficiency and Brexit Opportunities um, is basically just doing his job so his job title is um, as I said half of it is Minister for Government Efficiency
0: and how how is efficiency go on tell me tell me I won't cut you off go on
1: right so his argument is this um as as the minister who's supposed to be responsible for making sure that um taxpayer funded government offices are used uh are maximized and used properly he feels that they should be used and used more now i would argue that maybe we just need i'm i'm very much in favor of hybrid working, working from home, all of that kind of thing. However, I do take his point. My solution then would be just to reduce the amount of government office space. But I do take his point that his job title is he's got to make sure that the square footage that taxpayers are paying for government office buildings are being used um, to to their fullest potential. So, so I hear what he's saying. That's so. When I say I agree with him, I hear the rationale. I hear what he's saying. He is really just doing his job. Can I push back on that? I know what you're going to say, and what we'll am I going to say? You're going to talk about how already before the pandemic, I um, know you're no, going that's to say no. That's you, not. Sorry, what I'm no, no, no. You're going to say that already. Government offices can't hold. the No, full that's amount not of what staff. I'm going to say. Okay, go on. Already you know that. I, I was going to
0: say. That. Now you're I wasn't. That no, you. Well, oh, just be quiet. Let me give my point. So, okay, if we're talking about it being, you know, efficient use of space, unless the government is renting out buildings it doesn't own, which I'm pretty sure they're not, they very much own most of their buildings and land. One, they're not paying for a rent. So, what you do is you turn off the lights in those areas. So you move those bits out you turn off the electricity, you turn off the, the heating in that area, it's now no, no longer a space that's costing you anything. So it's not like, you can make the space more efficient and you just shut it down. And what you do is that you just move um groups in or departments in coming one day a week and use all the spaces that is required. And that's the way that you make the space efficient. And it's still efficient without this idea that somehow everybody needs to turn up to work in a building that they all can't fit.
1: Indeed, but you've got to think about and no matter how much you don't, how much you you like it or don't like it, th- th- everything's about optics. And yes, okay, so the government might not be paying rent on some building in Whitehall that has two floors permanently empty. And yes, if the lights are off, um, even though the central heating might be on, so it's probably going to heat the whole building anyway. But yeah, I take the point. If the mm-hmm. if the if the bits that they are paying on that building, so the utilities are not being used on those two floors, th- th- it's still bad optics that you've got. You empty can rent, space.
0: It, rent out the empty space.
1: Yes, so, but... You know, all the
0: government subcontractors could be required to have one person in office in a government building that they can go to for transparency and accountability when questions need to be asked. In fact, that's an excellent idea. Free game, Jacob rees free game.
1: Well, you suggest you should suggest it to him. I just
0: I've suggested it to him right
1: now. Well, write to him. He likes writing. Anyway, Labour MPs called his move patronising and passive aggressive, which it is. I mean, you know, he went around. He made sure these images got leaked of him, of his handwritten notes saying, "I look for," you know, because he made it he made it seem as if, oh, you must just be out to lunch when he full well knew they weren't out to lunch. They were working from home. Um, so, so there is that. But Nadine Dorris, as I said, the Secretary of State for DC, DCMS, her department, Digital, Culture, Media and Sport, kicked back mm-hmm. and she was apparently quoted as saying that uh, she, Reese Mogg's letter to government departments brought to mind image, quote, images of burning tallow, roomy eyes and Marley's ghost.
0: Absolutely, that's right, the workhouse,
1: which was in reference to Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: she said there's a whiff of something Dickensian about it. Tell why them again, Nadine. Why are we measuring bodies behind desks? Why aren't we measuring productivity? Absolutely. Um, she's right. Um, she's absolute.
0: She is, a, you
1: know what? I know, but I just feel... More power it. to her. That's um,
0: right. It's, it's giving the idea of, look at me, I'm the upper class, Um, you know, master, the driver. You, you should be, why are you not toiling? Like I expect you to toil. I can't see you here sweating and bleeding in front of me. So I don't think that you're working.
1: Yeah. And that's it. It's very, it does speak to, uh, and it's so ridiculous because Jacob rees I don't think that man is 50 yet, but it does speak to a very old fashioned view of things that, you know, if you're not, if you can't be seen to be, toiling away behind your desk it means you're not working it means you're not being productive but like she said there are you know there are ways. there are many other ways of measuring productivity than than being sat behind a desk I've done you know uh, there are is both anecdotal but also backed up by stats and also backed up by the absence of stats so what do I mean by that the absence of stats being that productivity in the economy has not decreased so therefore it's this mass working from home has not caused a, a mass economic uh, decline in productivity so that's yeah. in terms of the absence of stats um in terms of uh the, the the presence of stats show and and in addition to anecdotal um evidence people are doing people are often working longer hours when they're working yeah. from home because um you know Prior they're up...
0: commute time they yeah, don't mind yeah. doing a little bit of extra work while they're sat down Or oh, I want to get this done finished and when you're at home you're like I want to get this done I don't mind to sit down I'm already at home to get this done and finished. exactly so if you're in the office it's five o'clock it's going to take me an hour and a half to get home I'm not saying it's just enough to get done tomorrow
1: yeah um Speaking about office and getting home and commuting, so one of the things he suggest he tried to suggest was um, he basically tried to suggest, well, if you want to work from home, then maybe we should remove the London waiting for civil servants. So essentially, you know, you know, if, you, if you're a policy advisor or whatever, you might get I don't know for an argument's extra grand sake, grand and a half. It's a bit more than that, but yeah, you might get pounds. an extra four or five grand depending yeah, on it's the not job. not four year. or
0: five grand. No, that depends. D- well, it depends on how much you're paid, but it's generally between. Well, what I've seen recently is up to about 2.33 3 at a push, depending on the job. i
1: nah, not sure about that. You can, you I, can... Uh, I'm about to give you some evidence, I'm about to give you some backup for it. I'm about to, about to back up my point. Go on as i was saying um i was um and sort of still i'm kind of um looking at role civil service roles and i was looking at roles which were the same jobs in manchester mm-hmm. and in london and mm-hmm. pretty much all of the ones i've looked at and this is quite a lot of roles was that, in, was, at, but one. All, was, that all, was that
0: regarding can... london waiting or was it you know a general premium for working in london and then a london waiting because then on average jobs jobs are paid higher in London anyway.
1: no, pretty much all of the pretty much all of the jobs only the London pretty much all of the jobs I've seen mm-hmm. ha- for the, the same job. That was say in Manchester or Leeds or somewhere anywhere. I say Manchester because most of yeah, because I am in Manchester, but you know, Leeds, Manchester, whatever, And um, compared to the same job in London, we're usually a good five or six grand difference. Just the salary was usually about five, six grand. That's um, not, so but, but is... that
0: part of that is not London. There's like there's actually the official London waiting, which is London waiting, and then there's just a general premium which is paid on jobs in London. That's, that's different. What... That's that's different from removing London waiting, though, which is what you were specifically saying. If you're talking about there being a general premium for working in London, you're fine. Let's just all raise let's just raise the average wage across the board and also we should be encouraging we should be encouraging hiring people from outside london then maybe it means we won't have so much so much of of a concentration of people in london we'll be reducing with gentrification we're reducing the the massive increases in house prices so jacob is not necessarily wrong sure let's have a standardized wage and that will bring down prices in london because people who live here won't be able to afford to live here on that amount of money so people either leave uh, no
1: no because i want to get a london salary but live, stay living in manchester thanks so what about the, typical typical londoners what not thinking about the rest of us the rest of us want to get paid more and live where we are <laughs> thank you
0: no no let's bring all let's i want do you know what i want to pay the same rent that they're paying in manchester that's what i want
1: living up north I don't want on paying, a london salary One thousand one hundred 100
0: pounds to rent a room no let's, um, keep, let's bring wages down careful what
1: you wish for it's it appears not too pretty either right now, and that's partly because a lot of people leave you lot of escaping London thinking up here's cheaper, bringing pushing up the prices. Anyway, that's a different debate for a different day. Um, but of course, also, oh, do you know who I who I like less than Nadine Doris, <clears throat> Oliver Dowden, the former culture secretary, and now what is he, leader of the Conservative Party or something like that, deputy leader, whatever chairman? Chairman, that's he's the chairman. He of course was backing Jacob rees Um, Jacob's efforts are driven by getting the very, the very best value for taxpayers, and I support him in doing that. Um, the Prime Minister, however, has taken a sort of the, 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 the papers have been saying that the PM backs Rees-Mogg's approach, but he, he's kind of trying to straddle the middle. Um, so, so, so yeah, I disagree with that analysis. But yeah, but the spokesman for the Prime Minister basically came out and um, and and didn't didn't well, here we go, said what the minister is seeking to achieve is to do everything possible to get the civil service to return to the pre-pandemic level. So i won't read the whole statement we'll link it in the show notes but <clears throat> the prime minister spokesman kept talking about the pre-pandemic work level so he's not exactly agreeing with him because if you look at the pre-pandemic a lot of people in the civil service were already working from home there was already a lot of hybrid working anyway um so i think it's a it's a i mean i guess it's you could call it a cop-out but at the end of the day you've got prime minister in the middle he's trying to basically uh speak to both, both sides appease both yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: Which, it makes sense, but like at, at the end, like we it's a new world that we're living in, and people are really, really holding tight onto the flexibility that they've been able to gain because they've recognised the qual the increases to the quality of life that they can have by being able to cut out a three hour commute round trip and going. People don't the worst thing is that people are not no most people are not trying to stay at home five days a week they actually do like the idea of being able to go into the office and do a little bit of collaborative working but also it's not all work is collaborative sometimes you need to get things done and it's more efficient to be able to be at home than leave your house at seven in the morning and rub shoulders with people who cough over mouth on the tube or whatever <laughs> oh. <laughs> form of transport you use to get to work
1: yeah no, i totally agree i i feel like overall i've always been more productive um working on my own and maybe just me I'm, I'm a chat box i like talking to people like i definitely do more work hour, hour you know hour by hour i would definitely do more work working on my own in a space where it's just me
0: yeah absolutely i do as well so I'm, I'm definitely working. more productive
1: yeah. out of the office
0: yeah because you're just guessing otherwise isn't it
1: yeah well this week's across the pond story we are going back to the caribbean um and the queen's Her Majesty's last son, the Earl of Wessex, and his wife, the Countess, uh, are doing a a little tour of the Caribbean following uh, Prince William's tour of last... It wasn't last month, it was earlier this month. So for this tour, they are taking in St. Lucia, Antigua and Barbuda, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. They were also meant to be going to Grenada. However, um, due to unrevealed reasons, (laughs) that was cancelled. (laughs) <laughs> basically the grenadians told them
0: no you <laughs> no and the worst thing is that the the um these caribbean countries have to pay for it like it's costing them money new people are actually just coming mad. out of a pandemic i'm sorry you know like yeah we're going to talk about the issue but can we just talk about the fact that they gave um the the prime minister of antigua and Barbuda a present and the present was a picture of themselves
1: now that yes. has hit the Twitter sphere and the headlines. However, however, however,
0: Go apparently on. that defend, is defend
1: your faves. Apparently that is um, something. That apparently that is standard. Yes, that for um, the,
0: oh for the royals to always give a picture of themselves.
1: Of themselves, yes. Apparently it is. That doesn't um, make it
0: any less ridiculous. In fact, that makes yeah, it no, more no, no, ridiculous. No. <laughs> Them and are flying around the country giving their former colonies updated pictures of themselves. Are you actually having a joke? Basically. You're having a, You are having a laugh. Here's here's a gift, a picture of your white overseers. Um, Get get the hell out of here right now and don't look back and run me back my money. Open your purse, run me my money and get out. Are you having a joke? Of all the things that they've teethed, the um, the free labour, the nurses, the brain drain, and you're sending me back a picture of you two looking like you ain't seen Sons in 1992. Absolute jokers. I can't believe it.
1: So, yes, I would encourage... Everybody who's listening to even Google the fourth son, not
0: even the first one. A picture of the fourth son. What's his name? No one knows. Edward. Like I said, um, no one knows.
1: Yes, Google that image. Prime Minister of um, <laughs> yeah, what was it? Saint uh, Saint Lucia. Prime I Minister of Saint Lucia. Huh? No, it wasn't Antigua. It was Prime Minister of Saint Lucia. Okay. Um. Oh wait.
0: It was Antigua and Barbuda.
1: No, it wasn't because that's Gaston Brown, and it wasn't him, the guy. No, it's no. You know what? It's Saint Vincent because it's a new guy. Anyway, Google it. Prime Minister Saint Vincent Prince Edward picture. You'll see it. But his face is his reaction is priceless. His, his reaction is basically <laughs> like like what, he just what? wants to swear because he's like, oh, what is this? Uh, what, he's
0: like, what the ass is this?
1: <laughs> what is this? that, that <laughs> is his face. Um,
0: his literally his lips are like pursed. Not even pursed. Like they're thin, thin line. He's just like. <laughs> You have to be having a joke. Yeah. Because I cannot believe, and listen, they they probably even used my money to buy this, to get this gift made. Cheap
1: of it. So yeah, so Grenada, basically, (laughs) it seems like the Grenadians didn't want them there. So they cancelled that (laughs) bit. That harkens back to Prince William's tour earlier this month when um, it was Belize, was it? They had to cancel part of their trip to Belize because basically the people in that part of Belize didn't want them there either. Um, It has been an absolute disaster this past month. This past month, Uh, will should go down will probably go down in history as the month where the Caribbean collectively said no I get lost it's it's, it's done we're done (laughs) bye no
0: and you know what (laughs) not to talk about uh the other two who have left because I don't really like to focus on them I like to leave them alone And and I don't think it's actually a direct result of that but I do think it's that has been one of the bricks that have laid the foundation to be sort of like well, you guys are talking about we're all a family, we're all a Commonwealth, blah 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 blah. But yet the actual quite blatant behavior that we have seen from these guys, both in you know both both with it you know being the feeding stories to the press and mm. stuff going on in the background, it just kind of made it seem like you like all of you like are just chat and it's barely even that. And I think that has very much sort of contributed to this overall feeling of like what is the point of you lot? Mm-hmm. You can like you cannot even fail to mon- um, to modernise. I absolutely do think that if this had been uh, if those guys were still in the um, you're
1: talking about Prince Harry and, and yeah. the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, yes. Harry and Meghan.
0: I do think that if those two were still in um, doing um, royal engagements and had been, you know, it could have maybe um, potentially cut this off for another five to ten years, just because no doubt. of the. Just because, not just because of the novelty of it, somebody who was somebody who could be you know, the people of the Commonwealth could potentially see themselves even tangentially in in a sort of roundabout way. You know, yeah. they generally have a, a, quite a good relationship with people in the Commonwealth. People would have been interested to see this new interesting person who was accepted into the family with a mother, a black mother who has locks. All of those things have mm-hmm. had significance and were very much very good for the ticking the tick box of representation, whether it actually meant anything or not. They and they absolutely fumbled the bag because they could not hold off their absolute raging, festering pustule of racism for somebody who is biracial and can probably pass on a good day. Like,
1: come yeah, on. I, I think they totally, totally, totally fumbled it there. Fumbled and it, it just goes to show that even though you've got these institutions, whether it's government, they monarchy, whatever, they cannot even monetize. Whatever, are, they, Sometimes they really do just miss the totally obvious. But partly probably because it's not obvious to them, which probably happens. Because why they, they need more, the more of a world. diverse staff. If they hadn't, if they hadn't, if, if, if the royal advisors were, were, if that staff set was more diverse and people who could turn around and say, do you know what guys, you are absolutely missing a trick here by pushing these two out. <laughs> because you're right. the
0: royal advisors probably don't, on a, on a day-to-day basis, have never interacted with a black person outside of a service role, if that. Because more times of the places that they frequent don't even have black people in service roles. I'm very sure outside of diplomats, you know of other countries these guys do not interact with any people of color on a day-to-day basis and so it it absolutely shows in the the reflection that they could not see how this was going to absolutely backfire by making it quite clear that you have isolated these people and are very much selling stories about them to the press it was so obvious Mm -hmm. it was so obvious and then yep. when, they, when they're trying to protect themselves, this idea that you won't even support paying for their security for them to come into this country, and then you think that countries who are part of your Commonwealth, who very much house people of colour, of black and brown descent, you think these people are going to be open to you coming here when you've shown a clear disdain for people who look like them? an actually, like, out-and-out out vitriol at some point. Come on. It was, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why they expected anything worse, let alone sending tier-four royals to the commonwealth to kind to try and shore up your image good luck with that one mate yeah and nobody can stand you lot as it is nobody can stand what's his name fat fingers and nobody can stand you know the wayward son
1: who's fat fingers prince charles oh <laughs> no actually i don't know i think he's one of the, he's more i think he's probably one of the more popular ones out there yeah um, exactly
0: that's saying um, something because he's not that popular
1: <laughs> not that popular here but yes um so 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 this is six countries now which in the past that they the two couples have been to in the past couple of months uh in the past month and so and, and on both occasions both when um <clears throat> william was in uh jamaica and the bahamas both prime ministers basically signaled that they were moving towards the republic similar thing has happened now with this tour with prince edward and his wife um antigua the antiguan prime minister gaston brown basically said uh, yeah um he he can't i kind of got excited when i first heard it then read the full statement i was like because mm, he spoke about antigua also moving towards becoming a, becoming a republic dot 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 at some point so I was like hmm, at some point okay um but also so it wasn't just him also when he went to st lucia um so it's really turning into a disaster from their perspective every time every time each island almost that they're going to when they get there saying yeah thanks for coming but um yeah this is probably gonna be the last trip like this
0: absolutely you know and you've got Mia Motley who is an absolute shining light and voice of the Caribbean who is very much stepped up on the world stage you had her speech at the um the global eco conference you've had her speeches at the UN which have absolutely not pulled punches on the role that these um that these uh larger countries in the west Play in the subjugation of people in the on, on on in the southern borders and south of the equator who are affected by their general overconsumption of gas and um, fossil fuels. All of these things contribute to it. And then you, the only thing that you guys are offering is to build prisons in our countries in terms of aid, and you're, and you're trying to tell us that we shouldn't take Chinese aid and we should not enter into business and in relationships with China when you have nothing to offer us. You offer us nothing beneficial and we're supposed to be members of your, common, your commonwealth and share a, um, um, a similar language and have a share a head of state. Speaking
1: what, of commonwealth.
0: Poor, poor, we had to, pressure had to be applied by the British, um, by the British diaspora to get the government to give any money to um, St. Vincent after a devastating volcano. And then it was only 200 grand.
1: Indeed. So speaking of Commonwealth, um, another, the other aspect of this trip, which has hit the headlines, has been um, the call for reparations. So Run Gaston Brown.
0: our money, open your purse.
1: <clears throat> Again, Antiguan Prime Minister Gaston Brown um, uh, raised this and it was, let's say, not met very enthusiastically by Prince Edward.
0: He laughed, I believe.
1: In, well yes, uh, now it's they're trying to walk it back and say, Oh, he didn't, he wasn't he wasn't he 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 <laughs> they're trying to use the excuse of you know he didn't he wasn't aware of the speech, he didn't see re hear read exactly what was said. But so yes, what basically was funny, when yes, he what he was the he, joke? he responded to this call for uh from gasbound for reparations. Well, he um and it was a bit of a was a listeners,
0: chocolate. listeners, the fourth prince of England fourth when asked prince. the fourth
1: there's no such thing, you mean the fourth son of her fourth- majesty
0: shut up stop correcting me the fourth prince of england edward bigface right laughed in the face of a member of the one of the uh, leaders of a commonwealth country when he told them run us back our money we are tired of you guys exploiting benefit benefiting from the exploits of the subjugation of our people he laughed in our face and these are the people that they're saying that they should be allowed to continue to be heads of state of this country for the next three 400 years get away from us You don't value us. You see us as dirt under your foot. Absolute, utter garbage people.
1: I would say if this, if the aim of these trips were to basically um, downsize the amount of states where the monarch is head of state, if that was the aim, then they've done a superb job. They've done a superb job Mm -hmm. of reducing the inheritance for Mm -hmm. Charles, William, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Good job. The only place that them not should be the, the rulers of is their own country. And then even then, that is, you know, negligible.
1: Well, that's believe. where we that's where we will diverge in opinion.
0: Why? Well, you believe they should be leaders of the Commonwealth?
1: No, no, I'm fine with um, the monarchy within the borders of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I wouldn't go any further. I wouldn't uh, reduce it further than that. But obviously you are at heart a Republican, so you would.
0: You, would, you wouldn't reduce. You believe that they're better than you. That they See, have a, say that. that they have that they have a divine right to be the heads of the state, to be the rulers, to to be the kings and queens of this country. That's what you believe.
1: I am perfectly. That's I what am, monarchy is. is I am in favor. Right. I am in favor of the monarchy. I'm in favor of the monarchy within the borders of this country. To be a monarchy means this country be, only.
0: To be a monarchy means that you believe that you have a divine right to be the leader of a country by virtue of your birth. That's but they're not leaders that, because we but, have a
1: constitutional but, monarchy, that, so you can't really say that they. In, in that, it's different. That's
0: what you believe. You believe that these, you can't compare. You, that these you can't should, compare. You okay? Okay well, Okay, you okay, believe that these the Middle ages guys, No, I'm today, not okay. i going to say so. you that monarchy, by virtue you of can't. birth, these guys should be the head of state.
1: I am not going into that's, that today no, because that, we've got about a minute left, and this is a whole show By virtue of birth. So, we should be allowed to be, allowed to be the lead, yeah.
0: leaders of countries.
1: So that you don't continue Absolute. to misrepresent my After,
0: opinion. I'm not misre- right. misrepresenting your opinion. You have the opportunity so, to present your opinion uh, here. You uh, are rubbish. not. Good. So, good. Corey, yeah. believes uh, I, show, nope. Corey believes to end this show, Corey believes that by virtue of rubbish. birth, these people rubbish. should be allowed to be the heads of state of a country. Absolute nonsense.
1: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotBainPod. And if you're listening on iTunes and you enjoyed what you heard, rate us five stars. It helps us get up the rankings. If you didn't enjoy it, ignore everything I just said.